0: Alright, welcome back. I'm one of your co-hosts, Richie Gary. And I'm Ryan Hartnett. And this is Quick Slants. Welcome back, guys. We're here for another episode of Quick Slants. Today, we're going to be talking about futures. We're big future guys. I like putting off work for future me, for instance. So, we're going to get to futures. We're going to talk about the future of the playoffs, who's going to win the cup, who's going to win the finals, and then, since the draft just happened, we're also going to talk about the future of our team's draft picks and any other highlight draft picks that we may want to weigh in on. So, I'll get us rolling. Let's start off with NHL. Personally, I think... The Golden Knights are going to win, even though, you know, it's the Caps year, and I do think we will beat the Penguins. I'm guaranteeing that right now. You can put that down on paper that the Capitals will definitely win um, the series with the Penguins probably in 6 or 7. I don't see it going like in like 5 or 4. Both teams are too good for that. Um, I really see also for the finals – Golden State. I really don't want to say it, but it's Golden State again. They're just, they're too good. They don't even have stuff and they're just walking through whatever they really please. It's kind of annoying. Um, but there's just nothing, there's just nothing you can really do about that. It's just, it's just Golden State at the end of the day. As far as who comes out of the East, the uh, great question. Personally, I couldn't tell you. It could be the Raptors. Possibly the Cavs. I really don't know now with this team. They don't look great. I know they just won. They got out of the first round. But, I mean, without LeBron, like, they're just a bunch of, like, YMCA scrubs, really. That's what they look like, at least. It's it's rough. And then going off now, going into the draft picks, I got to say, Ravens, as a Ravens fan, big, big, big pickup with Lamar Jackson. I think he's going to be an absolute beast. Granted, he's going to need some seasonings, some, you know, he's definitely going to have to hit the gym, hit the film room for sure, because once he figures out how to, you know, just move the chains down the line, he is already dynamic with that speed of his, and this the way he can move around a football field, so I'm really excited for him in the next two to three years, see what he can do on the field once Flacco, you know, I mean, gotta love you, Flacco, but he's starting to fall a little bit, so that is what I think I mean Hayden Hurst great tight end he's a good pass catcher kind of reminds me of Zach Hurst Um, so I would love to see him develop into what I think is going to be maybe the next Todd Heap Dennis Pitta even though it's hard to say next Dennis Pitta because he was literally only good for maybe a year but hey he did have that year so if Hayden Hurst can do that for a year and get us to the Super Bowl I'm all
1: for it man go for it I don't care what happens to your hip after that yeah so I mean we touched on it last episode with the NHL obviously we're not huge fans you you're like the Caps like the Rangers um, my buddy every year gets me into this bracket pool and I always just you know blindly pick these games like I really don't know much about them I like I like being bold because it seems like when I was growing up there were a lot of upsets like the LA Kings were like an eight seed and they went all the way like the, those are the, the kind of things I like to see happen so I think my bracket this year I had like the maple leafs over like the knights in the finals so like just like something to root for during the playoffs um but now that the leafs are out and vegas is still killing it i'm with you we're vegas knights guys we're gonna roll with them um the greatest expansion team in sports history keeps on going so we're gonna go with that in the nhl um going over to the nba it's hard not to say the Warriors because I think that as long as Clay Thompson is Clay Thompson, you're going to get Curry back. I think Clay is, is the key factor there because you know what you're going to get from Curry when he comes back. You know what you're going to get from Durant. The team just has too much firepower. They move the ball unlike any other team. Um, but I think in the East, we touched on the Cavs, the Raptors. I think you have to put the Sixers in the conversation. I think just they've put us in a position these last few weeks just the way they've played – and I have no reason, like they, they, there's no reason for me not to at least talk about them in this segment right now because of the success they've had, and with Embiid coming back hasn't messed up any of the mojo with that team. So I'm not saying they're they're locked for the finals. They could be going up again. They're they're playing Boston uh, this this upcoming week, which should be a good test. I mean, I still think they probably have the the size advantage, even though you know the Al Hor for an Embiid. Uh, matchup there is going to be pretty uh exciting to watch but I think you have to give them a fair chance but overall I have to go with Golden State just because of from what I've seen from them and and the been there done that scenario with them going to the draft you know the Giants everyone wanted Saquon Barkley we got Saquon Barkley you know that's the guy I wanted a, a guy a lot of people wanted um I would have been okay with him or Darnold or a trade down depending on what we got back but um Overall, I I can't be, you know, uh, I'm very satisfied with the pick of Barkley. We haven't had a running back since Ahmad Bradshaw. Um, So, I mean, this guy is the most hyped-up running back that's entered the draft in years. So what I want to see from him in the future, maybe something something like what Ezekiel Elliott's doing right now. Besides all the 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 off-the-field stuff, this guy's a freak in the weight room. He seems like he can do it all as a running back. We have a solid offensive line. Speaking of offensive line, they drafted a left guard to complement uh, Nate Solder as a left tackle. Apparently, he's one of the best uh, run blocking guards in, the, in in the draft. So, I'm hoping that they can really mesh together and and the offense could be scary if, if everything comes together well. So, um those were the first two picks. They picked uh another D tackle, some some lineman, uh some some linebackers, excuse me, and they actually took the quarterback from Richmond. Don't know anything about him, but you know we'll see this. The, if everything goes, you know, goes together well for the Giants this year, they'll have an opportunity to be, be one of the best offenses in the game.
0: Yeah, I agree. You guys could be very scary on the offensive end if everything comes together. I mean, I said that last year, and I was terribly wrong. So, fingers crossed that doesn't happen again because I don't like being wrong. Nobody does. But uh, if we're going into deeper picks, Ravens, we did. You know, everyone was bitching at us because we didn't draft a wide receiver, and in the first two rounds, I think. But then when like third, fourth round came around, we actually got we got a guy from UCLA. He's like a really big, um, he's a really big deep threat. He's got wheels. Apparently, a nasty stiff arm. This, I'm going all off of draft reports here. I don't, I've don't. i never actually, like, paid attention to this kid play or watched his pro day or whatever, but supposedly he can take the top off of defenses, which is a little bit ominous for me because they said that about almost every receiver the Ravens ever get is, oh, Mike Wallace, he can take the top off of defense. Oh, Torrey Smith, take the top off of defense. And I really only saw that with Torrey Smith and flashes of it with Mike Wallace. And then Brashad Perriman was supposed to be our savior, our first-round pick at wide receiver and he, uh, up until now, has just been absolutely terrible. I can't even express how terrible he is. He refuses to catch the ball when it is right in his face, so my expectations for Ravens drafting receivers are pretty low, if not at an all-time low, so we'll see what that happens. We also got I believe we got uh we like you we also got um an offensive lineman um he's out of Oklahoma his uh, dad actually played for the Ravens uh, Orlando Brown um, but they called him Zeus because of how a giant he was and I looked at pictures of his dad and I was like holy shit they're not kidding I get why they called him Zeus so I'm excited to see what that guy can bring he had a terrible combine apparently. But on the tape, he looks really good. So I'm hoping he's more of just like a game player, not one of those guys that like really surprise you with weight room stats. But he's there to play and play well because we really need an offensive lineman. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, I really liked our picks, especially the first rounders, like I mentioned before. And um, I just hope I just hope it all pans out. That's really the name of the draft is, you know, everyone can get all the hype they want. But at the end of the day, it's going to be down to who is going to get it, like who's going to actually perform when it comes down to it. So we'll see. It's
1: exciting. No, I mean, I think you said it best. Um, the Ravens, it seems like certain teams just have trouble drafting a certain position every year. Like the Ravens at a wide receiver, the Giants can't seem to find any, any linebackers or running backs. So, And that's what they did this year. They went out I mean, the new GM came in. He knows that they have holes to fill out those positions. Um, and obviously – we got the guy going at running back. He was the best one in the draft. But, you know, some more question marks at linebacker. But, yeah, I mean, going into this year, it's going to be interesting because this was the most hyped-up draft I've ever been around for, I'm sure you could say the same. Um, Baker going number one to the Browns. It really raises the question, if the Browns strike out this time, like, what do you do? There, there's really no, – I mean, they they have done everything. The team they've put together right now is very talented. You look at Peppers. Josh Gordon, Jarvis Landry, bringing in Baker. I mean, they got the guys in the offensive line, they got a good secondary, they got a good pass rushers. Like but like I don't understand like how if this doesn't work, I mean, I I really would be at a loss for words this year. I mean, yeah, they've literally, like, they got Miles Garrett, who's supposed
0: to be an animal, and I think he did fairly well his rookie season, and so now it's just like, if that doesn't happen to the Browns, well, first of all, I'll laugh, because I'm in the AFC North, so I'm all, I'm all for the Browns, still sucking, it's nice to always know you won't come in last, but at the same time, like, if this doesn't succeed, like, bro, like, I think they're just cursed, I honestly just think they're cursed at that point, it just, there's nothing else you can do, like... You have Hugh Jackson, one of the best quarterback coaches of all time. He, I mean, he groomed, like, some of the biggest names with Jimmy G. Um, I think he even, like, coached Tom Brady for a period of time, like with the Patriots when he was just the quarterback coach. So now to see him struggling so much with Cleveland, it's it's not only, like, baffling, but it's also kind of sad. You got kind of feel bad for the guy. He hasn't tasted a win in a minute. So... We'll see see what happens, you know. Hopefully hopefully it comes together for them a little bit this year. I'm not saying come together fully because, you know, my Ravens, we need to get that dub. But, you know, it would be nice to see the Browns actually be competitive. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. That's the fun part about futures, man. This is a great segment.
2: What's up, guys? Connor here. Back with some more free money picks. Uh, This week we're going to be looking at nba and the futures for the western and eastern conference and kind of who i'm looking at to pick to win the western conference all right so starting out in the west um obviously the two front runners would be golden state and houston uh golden state's been playing very well without steph curry um obviously they'd be very much so favored at minus 140 but if you're looking to make some money and, you know, potentially an upset, the Rockets are always a good choice. They're at plus 130. You never know with James Harden and Chris Paul when they're meshing. They can put up a lot of points, and they're solid on D. So I, I would tend to pick the Houston Rockets maybe on a smaller bid. Don't max out on that. And then if you wanted to max, put on Golden State. And then as far as the East goes, my pick, and this is a, you know a little bit partial because I do like the Sixers, but I would pick the Sixers to go far in the Eastern Conference. Obviously, rise of right now, when I'm talking about this, their next series is not cut and dry. It could be the Bucks, It could be the Celtics. I'm going to tend to lead towards the Celtics. I would still pick um, the Sixers over the Celtics just based on the matchup, the size, the speed that the, which the Sixers play. I think they could take care of the Celtics pretty easily. And then in the finals, they could meet either Toronto or Cleveland, and again, I kind of like their matchup. So if you're looking to make some money on them, I would go lean towards them. Other than that, in the West, look at Golden State and Houston. Looking to make some money, I'd go with the Houston Rockets. But yeah, so I hope you guys make some money on those picks. I'll catch you guys next week.
3: Welcome to another section of Athlete Eats with Jana. Today we're going to be doing some oatmeal pancakes, For those of you that um, really need to load up on some carbs, you can even have these for lunch. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, Basically, it's super easy. All you need to do is in a blender combine a banana, three-fourths cup of raw quick cook oats, a teaspoon of cinnamon, a teaspoon of baking soda, a half a teaspoon of salt, a teaspoon of vegetable or almond oil, an egg, a half a cup of almond milk and that's it and then just blend until it's smooth and then on your skillet just grease it um, with whatever you like to use and then pour about half a cup at a time onto the greased pan and then you can top the pancakes um, with almond butter and maple syrup um, I recommend doing real maple syrup because it adds a dose of magnesium and zinc which are minerals that reduce cellular damage. So, yeah, enjoy those. And for these recipes and more, you can check them all out on our website at quickslants.wix.com.
1: All right, joining us now on the Quick Slants podcast is Jake Ellman from Florida Atlantic University. He's been following the team for about a year now, maybe a little longer, following Lane Kiffin and everything that's going down down there. How's the sunshine down there in Florida, Jake? Oh, it looks like it's going
4: to rain, but at this point, I'm not surprised. Thanks, uh, thank you for having me on, Ryan. I
1: appreciate it. No, oh, of course. Love having you on. Talk some football. Um, I just want to get your take on the culture down there in Boca Raton. Obviously, uh, it's, it's somewhat of a new culture, I would think, having Lane Kiffin, uh, you know, a pretty well-known coach. So how would things change? I would say, maybe from before he was there until now?
4: Yeah, you know, I think the defining story is, you know, I'm still getting my degree, so I had to do something for school, which was, you know, FAU Pride. And I, I, they let me talk to one of the senior defensive tackles, and I asked him the same question, how have things changed? And he's like, you know, I'm at Walmart, I'm my FAU gear, and people are recognizing. You play for FAU, uh, congrats on the nice season, how's playing Kiffin? So, you know, you have players getting recognized, you have more you have more pride at FAU, you have a lot of kids wearing the comfy FAU shirts that were on ESPN, the lane train, they're wearing buttons, uh, for highs the all American running back. So you're seeing students finally start to realize and Say, you know, instead of going to the game just to tailgate, let's actually go inside the stadium. You know, uh, out-of-state admissions, the FAU president, Dr. John Kelly, has been vocal about this. He said this to me in uh, December, that by the time that the vocal was played December 19th, out-of-state admissions were already up 35%. And obviously, I'm from New York, so I am one of those out-of-state kids. When you think about you know, wanting to get away from the snow and the cold, but if you want to do that at the Far School, you're going to UF, you're going to Miami, you're going to Far State. Now you have people saying, I want to go to this let would say the FAU. In terms of the team itself, I think the culture is you have a lot of people in the program that obviously take pride in what happened, but they want to make sure they find a way to keep the winning going. They don't want to just say, Well, you know, we won, that's good enough. It wants to be how how do we maintain this? You know, we went eleven and three last year, how do we go twelve and two? How do we go fourteen and How do we become
1: yeah. Right. So we just wrapped up the draft, 2018 draft, and although we didn't see any FAU players drafted, we did de- we did see three that signed free uh, free agent contracts. What can you tell me about these guys? And I think one of them is John Franklin from uh, last chance U. So what can you tell me about these guys and the chances they have of making these teams?
4: Yeah, I mean, the, of the three guys, the guy who has the highest chance of succeeding in the NFL to me is John Franklin. It's Buddy Hall, running back. It. If not for Devin Singletary, I think Howell would have been, you know, Howell was already one of the most prolific offensive players in FAU history. You know, 22 rushing touchdowns in four seasons. Most of those when the offensive line was absolutely beat up. You know, two years ago, he set the school record, 13 touchdowns a single year they had. I think it was 10 offensive line combinations in 12 games. Had a lot of guys playing out of position. Um, fourth all-time rushing yards. Buddy, hell of a player. He he had a couple minor injuries this year. He missed two games, and he still averaged 6.7, I think, was yards per rush. Mm -hmm. So if he stays healthy, he might have hit 1,000 yards. Mm -hmm. So it was good to see Buddy uh, sign with the Miami Dolphins. He's from Coral Gables, which is where whatever you want to call the stadium is now. It's hard rock. Sunlife, Joe Robbie, the stadium of a thousand names. Uh, FAU's kicker, Greg Joseph, Silent Dolphins, so that's rookie. That's competition with the seventh round that they took. And Franklin, you know, he's got the speed, but there were some other issues, you know, four schools in five years. Really didn't have much uh, sustained success in any of the positions he played at. There were some character issues. I had people with, with athletics say to me, he's entitled, he's a brat, you know, he. You know, words that aren't worth repeating. And he signed with Seattle, which is kind of interesting. Number one, because Seattle kind of cleansed the guys that were attributed as having characters. You know, Richard Sherman
1: was always right, home. Yeah.
4: He's gone. Uh, Michael Bennett, gone. Uh, they, cleaned and, you know, they cleaned house a little bit. And, but they're bringing Franklin in as an undrafted rookie. Franklin said to me uh, back in February He said he wants to keep playing receiver But obviously he'll play wherever So I would think in Seattle's offense And I would think just with, with everything he's been through I think that Tyree kill wide receiver Running back combination trick player Is I think his best chance You know use him on an option play Use him on the uh, end of rounds He's fast we know he's fast It's just I, don't, I can't see him playing quarterback
1: yeah, that's the thing. I mean, people who are outside of the program have been following him just because, you know, him being on, on Last Chance U. And we've seen the speed, and they say speed kills. So you never know. He's undrafted. Guys like that do make it here and there. So it will be interesting to follow him. And that, and that's what I said to Buddy. Is, you know, Buddy, I sent him a
4: picture. Well, I posted a picture on social media, and I sent it to him a couple weeks before the draft. And it was all these guys went undrafted in 2014 who would have been eligible for, uh, new contracts this offseason had they been drafted. So Malcolm Butler, I think Andrew Norwell, who's now with Jacksonville, is on there. Um, and I sent it to him. I said, This was after we were talking about being undrafted. I said, You know, I use this as motivation. And I sent it to Caleb Woods' mom. Caleb, wide receiver, was getting a trial in trial with Kansas City, who has some pending legal issues. He certainly would have been drafted if not. I mean, the guy averaged 25 yards per catch last year, you know, so FAU, a lot of talented players, just lost in the hole going on draft, is, you know, there's a lot of teams that, with the exception of maybe the rugby player, or the long snapper, a couple guys, you know, are not looking at just one year, you're looking at success, so with the offensive linemen, you know, two of them, Rowan Fernandez and Antonio Woods, they've both been all uh, first and all conference USA, but their senior year was so much better than any of their other years, so you almost kind of have to wonder is he worth traveling.
1: Right. So, people here at FAU, they love the team, but they want to hear more about the coach, and you've been around Lane for, what's was around, full season now, you'd say? Full season, yeah. I was Lane got hired December
4: 2016. So we are, as you know, I'm awful now, uh, almost
1: 17 months later. You're close to him. You see him, you know, multiple times a week. Is he the same kind of person we see on Twitter, in the news, as you see on a daily basis?
4: Um, I think I think the lane you see on Twitter is, I think, the lane you see in the locker room where he enjoys having fun, but it's not the fun that he was having in Tennessee or USC or even early with the Raiders where it was almost like a politician. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to, you know, we're going to sing Rocky Top in the swamp when we beat Urban Meyer in the years. Now it's more, okay, this is what we've done, you know, come to the FAU and join the group club. So he's gone from kind of the politician promising things to almost, you know, the more reserved kind of wise mentor. And it's such an interesting change. And if we do ever see Lane Kiffin in the Power 5 conference again, I would be interested to see if Lane does kind of go back to Um, we're going to sing rock and top. We're going to go undefeated despite the sanctions. We're going to do all this, we're going to do all that instead of where he is now, which is his promises are more they're more subdued, but at the same time, they're a bit wackier because last year, FAU was the safety Zion Gilbert. After four games, Lane said Zion Gilbert's going to be playing on Sundays. It's like, you know, this is a freshman who's only played four games. But in the past, Lane might have said Zion Gilbert would be a first-round pick, you know, unquestioned. If he wasn't, I'll eat my bias. We didn't get that, which is unfortunate for me because that's a good quote to use in the story. But a lot of fun, a lot of fun covering Lane. I think, you know, if you go back and you watch his press conference, he got hired at Tennessee, where he was basically jumping up and down like a rabid animal. You look at him now; he's mature, he's calmed down. He's probably out fishing right now,
1: despite the uh, the black clouds and of him. So that that kind of leads in, into my next question. He's had this history of kind of going places and leaving early, having issues with the AD and whatnot. But he seemed like he's kind of settled down at FAU. Do you do you think he would go ever go back to his old ways and kind of bolt out for a big a big five job if that if that can if that came to him within the next few years?
4: I don't know if it'd be bolting out. I think. Or if the right opportunity came up, if, you know, people joke around on Twitter that they said he should go to Alabama and save the time. You know, if play healthy gets an NFL job, Lane should go back to USC and turn them into national champions. I've said from the get go, you know, I think Lane is here for two years. At this point, I can see him being here for a third year. So leaving after the 2019 season. And I think the right job would have to open up where it would be a middle of the rung, uh Power 5 team, you know, somewhere like. Colorado, North Carolina, uh, Syracuse, although I don't know if Lane would go back to being cold, but I think if the right opportunity opened up and if the school was willing to let Lane be Lane and if Lane could go and it wasn't, you know, because when people said he's an idiot for going to FAU, what a lot of people didn't realize, is, you know, the talent was there. So FAU didn't, couldn't close games out in 2016, couldn't close around 2015. There's a lot of young talent. Two years ago there were so many injuries that when they didn't, when they really hadn't played it since high school or you know, maybe even pop born Now, last year, everybody was healthy. You know, you had guys who shined on offensive before that kind of got lost. You had the quarterback Driscoll, retired, so I'm sorry, his degree, have a career season. And I, I think the same will happen this year where Lane takes advantage of the players and their talent.
1: College. right so i'm looking at what last season the record from last season the success you guys had so i'm saying to myself there must be some expectation going to next year i'm looking at the schedule it's pretty intriguing i see you know you guys open up at oklahoma you got central florida on there uh western kentucky was solid last year do you think what are some realistic expectations for this team coming into next year FAU can go
4: 9 3, 8 4. I think, you know, the Oklahoma game is obviously the most intriguing. You go into a team that was just in the conference football playoffs, just had the number one overall picks. They're not going to have Baker Mayfield, not going to have Mark Andrews, not going to have Orlando Brown on the offensive line against a ferocious FAU defensive line. But can FAU hold up with a Power 5 school? We saw them play really well when they were still figuring things out against Wisconsin last year. You know, thirty-one fourteen lost, but 17-14 Wisconsin outscoring, I think, was in the final three quarters. So they can hold their own. They've shown it against Miami in the past. They've shown it against Wisconsin. But can they do it against Oklahoma with all the expectations? U C F obviously is the fastest in the game. I think US I think UCF will be probably seven five to nine and three. You know, they won't go 12-0. and They lost too many impact players. But that'll be a really fun Friday night matchup. And then in Conference USA, the only teams I can really see that they play giving FIU a challenge are Marshall and North Texas. FIU, maybe, if FIU figures out their quarterback and their offensive situation, because they lost Magoo, who just got drafted. They lose Thomas Owens, impact wide receiver. They lost the running back. They lost some other impact players. So we'll see what happens. I think 9-3 and three is realistic. I think they could challenge for Tom conference title again. I think that they could definitely play in the New Year's Six Bowl, though. that is obviously, you know, it depends on how team the AAC does. It depends on what you're seeing from those other five students. But would I be surprised if we saw FAU versus, All- versus LSU? No, I no, don't no versus L S U and the New Year on the ball on New Year's Day twenty nineteen. No. I'm with it. Especially if the T V people know that you know, more
1: eyes be tuned in with the link Definitely. Certainly, things are looking up at the FAU. Jake, we appreciate you coming on, giving us, you know, some of your time today. We uh really appreciate it. No problem, thank you.